0: Dude, half tap shoes will travel. Have tap shoes will travel. <laughs> Let's go! Welcome to Have Tap Shoes Will Travel. How's everybody doing this week? Feeling good? You getting your shoes on? You groovin'? Man, I still haven't been cleared by the neurologist yet. You know, I had that accident in August, but I still have not been cleared brain-wise to be able to go and tap dance yet. Although the orthopedic people, the people that are in charge of the bones, they did the x-ray, and they determined that it is all good. So I've been cleared to dance as far as the bones are concerned. And the brain still needs to get a clearance. But I'm excited that this week. On Monday. I'm going to be going in for another CT scan. And they're going to take a look at it. And they're going to go. Oh it looks like everything is healing. Is what I'm hoping to hear. But that's that's coming up on Monday. So I'm excited for that. That's It's happening. I've been doing all of the. Sort of PT exercises that have been assigned. Some of them involve therabands. Some of them involve balancing on a pad. It's a Eric's Swiss-made pad. <laughs> it's this blue foam pad that I'm balancing on, and you you can balance with both your feet and work the theraband with your arms, and then also practice balancing on one foot at a time and the thing about having a pad under your foot is it makes it a sort of uneven ground that makes you work for it a little harder and so I'm not sure exactly um, as far as I'm not sure exactly how long I was able to balance on one foot with my eyes closed before this accident but at, at this point, I'm, I'm working my way up, not on the blue foam. I, I step off the foam to do that part. But the, the exercises in proprioception to try to build up my connection between my brain and my balance is coming along. You know, I have to say, like I had, I had a day that I, I'm, I'm supposed to get to 30 seconds of standing on one foot with my eyes closed and then switch to the other foot then close my eyes and stand for 30 seconds on that one. On on my right foot I got it up to 22 seconds. On my left one for some reason that one's not coming on. Al- that one's not as as far advanced. I got to like 12 on that one though. So I'm working on it. It's it's a it's a work in progress, all right? Proprioception. It's it's all fun. It's all fun and games. <laughs> I also received the books in the mail that I ordered from Rusty Frank. The cool thing about her tap book or any of the books on her website is that she'll personalize them and sign them for you too. So if you want to give them as a gift, I found it works as a really nice gift to people that you know who are really into tap dancing. I would highly recommend going over to rustysdanceshop.com and check out her website. Rusty Frank's got a whole bunch of stuff on there. There's tap videos and there's books and a whole lot of stuff to check out in the store online from your own house. You get to just look right at it. There it is. All right, I had to, I had to go blow my nose there real quick, because I, I lit an in incense before recording this episode, and it's a sort of sandalwood and cinnamon incense. and it just started hitting my nose out of nowhere. It just like made me have to like go blow that thing right out. But we're good. It's, it's a done deal, as they say. Mmm, little yerba mate. Now it's time to party. All right. So this week, I have been going through some of my old files on the computer, different photo files, different archival sorts of files, and I happened to come across the the ticket that my brother and I received as we were bucket drumming. In New York City, we were we were drumming out. <laughs> well, here's here's the address. It was at three fourteen West Fifty Four. No wait, let's see. No, that's that's the place where we were supposed to go to court. It was at we were on the southwest corner of West Forty Fifth Street and Seventh Avenue. So we're, we're you know we're right down in the heart of it. And and we were we were rocking out on buckets one night. We were in town in a. In, it was January, January two thousand nine, and we were out in New York doing the APAP, the American Performing Arts Presenters Booking Conference. You know, booking the show, buckets and tap shoes, getting the tour booked, and we were still out there on Sunday. The conference was now done. And we were, we had our buckets in town. We were just like, let's go down. We're going to take it down to the heart of the beast. And we set up, we found like a little nook in this corner and we built up a really good crowd. We were out there drumming. And then there were some of the NYPD that walked past and they were not having that. And one of them was on a horse and I think we kind of startled the horse too. So they really did not appreciate that either of us freaking their horse out while there was a police officer riding on the back of it and us crashing our cymbals and buckets was not helping that situation. So they came over and they checked our pockets, they they ran our IDs, and then they ended up writing us a ticket (laughs) both of us got written a ticket and it says that the ticket was for disorderly conduct when i look at this part of it we were we were out there we were playing without a permit that was another thing that we were having an issue with at the time and disorderly conduct apparently is what you get in trouble for when you're bucket drumming on the street in new york at least back in 2009 and so what because we were not able to appear in court, which on here it said on the 18th day of March in 2009, this happened at 8.30 p.m. on January 11th. So we were going to be definitely back in Minneapolis by that point and hopefully well on tour somewhere. You know, we were just at a booking conference trying to get the show on the road. And so I wrote a letter to the court because they said that that was the other option and i found that i, I found that i still had that on my computer somewhere so uh, it says this this is on this is um march when we received something in the mail i sent them this letter dear your honor hello my name is rick osland i regret to inform you that i am unable to appear in person on march 18 2009 due to the fact i live in minneapolis minnesota My brother Andy and I have a show called Buckets and Tap Shoes. We were in New York for a performing arts conference on Saturday, January 10th, and two shows at the Long Island Children's Museum, Sunday, January 11th. On the night of Sunday, January 11th, Andy and I didn't have enough money to buy dinner. We literally each had less than $2. New York was more expensive than we had accounted for, but we were to fly home in the morning. We had been drumming and tap dancing at the Long Island Children's Museum, earlier that day and were very hungry we decided to play our buckets in times square the place where it all began we played up we played to a standing room only audience in times square for about 10 minutes and were then greeted by your very own nypd they ushered the crowd away and told us to face the wall they ran our ids wrote andy and i a ticket and told us to pack it up and get out of here that was in quotes pack it up and get out of here The the officers told us we would need to acquire a street performance permit as well as a noise permit. We know not to drum on buckets in Times Square without a proper permit, and it won't happen again. Your Honor, we are from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and didn't realize what we were doing was any sort of crime. New York City has a rich history of street performance, and the audience was having a good time and smiling. It's a great feeling to be in New York at night, We love your city and had no intent to break the law in any way. Thank you, Your Honor. Rick Oslin, Minneapolis, Minnesota. There it is. That's what happened. We wrote them an explanation letter. And then not long after that, they sent it both in the same envelope for both my brother and I, because we were both, we, we were each issued a ticket at the time and it was all completely dismissed. They threw it out of court. So there we go. That's that's the story of Bucket Drumming in Times Square in 2009. Are you Bucket Drumming in Times Square? So that's why one of the tracks that's on our Bucket Drumming Volume 1 CD is called Times Square. Because each... Each one of the 10 tracks that are on there not only have the beats per minute listed for each track so you know what the tempos are, but they're all based on places that we've drummed before, like one's called 3rd Street Promenade. That's where we got our start bucket drumming back in the day in the early 2000s out in Santa Monica. And then North 2nd Street was where we had a practice space back in the day. And yeah, so each song, New Jack Hennepin is... Got like it's got like a new jack swing to it, like the old school nineties vibe. And Hennepin is one of the main streets that runs through downtown Minneapolis. And that's also a place where that we would set up and groove down there too. So check that out. If you if you have iTunes, of course you've got iTunes, right? Or Apple Music or any of that kind of thing. If you look up Bucket Drummond, D R U M M I N, Volume One. By the Ausland Brothers, A U S L A N D, you will find it. It'll pop up, and it actually works really well for teaching because you know the tempos of each track. Each track has a little different feel to it, a little different groove, and it was all recorded to a click, so it's it's all in the pocket. We we're not wavering all over the place. You you can you can trust it. It's solid, and there aren't any lyrics. There aren't any foul lyrics on there to. To get in the way. So there you go. Check it out. Oslin Brothers Bucket Drumming Volume 1. And that's why we got a track on there called Times Square. Because of those tickets that they gave us. And that that hassle that they were giving us that day. (laughs) The heart of the beast. I'd like to give a shout out to Sid Hartman. Local legendary reporter who worked for the star tribune and many other local minnesota newspapers he was also involved in bringing like making the minnesota twins and the minneapolis lakers come to minnesota in, in the first place so like he was involved with bringing the teams here and then you know of course the lakers went out to la and eventually we got the timberwolves and So when my brother and I were growing up, we were like in, I was like in junior high. He, he was friends with my mom and we would, we would get to go to like Timberwolves games and hang out in the, in the box suite. And he would, he was always a a nice guy and he passed away this last week. So I wanted to give a shout out to, to a local legend. And he was the guy who, he brought us to Timberwolves games. He brought us to our first Billy Joel concert where we got to hear him play at the target center and what a concert, man, that guy can just light up an audience. And then he also brought us to WWF wrestling back before it was WWE. And there was one, I remember there was one match during that whole thing where Rowdy, Rowdy Piper was the guest referee and Hulk Hogan was also fighting <laughs> like the, and at one point the ultimate warrior like all all the old school wrestlers were in in this <laughs> they were there they were in Minneapolis on that night and this this one match when Rowdy Roddy Piper was a guest referee of course he ends up getting into it and like becomes part of the whole match too before the end and just kind of went off the rails but that was it was great. And so that was because w- back in the day too, when we'd go places, mom was like, just call him uncle Sid. So that, you know, people don't think it's weird. <laughs> like, all right. Cause then they, I don't know. Apparently they thought we were related then. So when we'd hang out with him, he would go out to dinner. We'd get to go to some of these really cool events. And, you know, I, I just heard this week that he passed and he was still producing work. He, he passed away at a hundred years old and he was still, putting out a weekly column multiple columns like his his final one was put out last Sunday I believe so quite a career and yeah I was I was thinking about that earlier so I wanted to give him a shout out there was a time where we got to go with him on his boat and we were going down the St Croix St <laughs> Croix River in like it's like right in between Wisconsin and Minnesota it's the river that basically Divides the two states. And we were going down the river, and some guys were waving at us very frantically. We're like, What's with these guys? And it turned out that we were in a no wake zone where you're not supposed to be driving your boat very fast because it leaves a sort of ripple behind the boat. So we were in a no wake zone, and Sid Hartman thought. Oh, I, Uncle Sid, thought people were over there recognizing him or his sort of, you know, celebrity status, and they were over there waving to him, and he just turns and waves back to him, and it was like, "Hey!" But meanwhile, they were actually trying to let us know that we were in a no wake zone, and that we were supposed to slow the boat down. He it didn't even dawn on him though; it, it was it didn't even register. He just he kept driving, and he waved to him and put a big smile on his face, and he kept going. That's great. To my knowledge he was he was not a tap dancer one bit. However, there was a time though where he and my mom my mom brought him to our dance recital, which our dance recitals growing up were pretty well produced. Like we had a full-on union crew working them and, you know, full-on stage crew with beautiful like moving lights and everything else back in the day. And so he went to one of the dance recitals, and I guess the next day he was on the radio talking about what he had done the night before, and he was saying how good it was. And then we went into the dance studio the next day because Andy and I had class. And when we arrived, we were told that the phone's been ringing off the hook, and people were trying to buy tickets to that night's recital because <laughs> they were trying, <laughs> like, it was. By him mentioning that on the radio, it got a bunch of people to call the dance studio and they were trying to get in, get into the show. The show was sold out. They couldn't get in. (laughs) It was great. So yeah, rest in peace, Uncle Sid Hartman. And yeah, shout out to his family and Minnesota legend, man. After I was in that recent accident, I couldn't help but... like have the thought that our life's work is what we have to be working on and i've I've mentioned this before but it's like we have to do that while we're still here and while we are still alive and that is i hope what you are able to also put some time into each week and i'm finding the importance of doing this realizing that we're not going to be here forever and we have to do what we're going to do while we are here and so i'm designing a new show concept and writing out ideas for an upcoming show that we're going to work on and transferring footage from past shows and getting all that kind of organized and onto the computer because a lot of that stuff is on tape so i gotta still transfer stuff over but i think it's very important that you you work on your life's work while you're still here that's 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 all you get and then after that it's over like that's everything that you leave behind is what you left that's what it is so that was a thought that i was having this week that i was i'm thankful to be here to be able to continue working on that and i realized that that's an important thing to do and this podcast is even part of it so that's also why I wanted to express my gratitude for you listening because this is the thing that I wanted to like share stories with you and, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. So thanks for being here. We got more coming. It's, it's going to be a good year. We're going to, we're going to turn this year around at some point. (laughs) Make sure you get out there and vote too. It's coming up. If you haven't already voted, I already voted. It's already done. They keep sending me things in the mail, like, what am I supposed to do with all this? I already did it. <laughs> but they keep giving me reminders. What am I going to do? I'm going to remind you. That's what I'm going to do. They keep sending me these things. I'm going to tell you. Maybe you haven't voted yet, so make sure you get it done. You don't necessarily have to wait until the actual day on November 3rd. You can, you can do it before in a lot of places. And if you have that opportunity, go get it done this week. And then send me an email. Let me know that you did it. All right? How's that sound? Rick at com? You already know it. I've already said it before, and I'll say it again. But not yet. Because first, got to talk about this. Thank you so much to the tap community members who reached out, and even non-tap community members who reached out and donated to the GoFundMe. Man, that that really has helped me out a lot to be able to get through these couple months and be able to recover and that has been instrumental and i'm very thankful and grateful to people's generosity and how they've they've helped me out i really appreciate that in addition to that i've been lady died diane walker she she posted a a video one time of the italian grandma and i don't remember which video it was specifically that she was teaching how to to prepare a meal, and I don't remember what which one it was, but at this point, I've watched a bunch of them, and this week, I've also been working on learning how to properly cook brajol and chicken parmigiana, and did some meatballs in red sauce last night, and I've been having a good time watching Grandma Gina teach how to cook, and these recipes have turned out quite well. So if you, if you have access to the YouTubes, check this out, Grandma Gina, and then type in any Italian food that you typically like to eat. <laughs> you could type in fettuccine Alfredo, you could type in any of that stuff and it's gonna pop up a recipe. Another one that I made was chicken francese. Francese, that's right, right? I'm probably butchering that one, whatever. I'm, I'm from Minnesota, what do you want me to do? I'm, I'm doing my best over here Uh, anyway. So I told Anthony and Stacy Locascio that I was going to be making some chicken francese. and they told me that an alternate to dipping it in flour is you can use tapioca flour rather than wheat flour. And apparently that makes it so that it is less inflammatory to our system. Because for some people, and maybe most people for all I know, wheat can inflame the system a little bit. And man, do I like some wheat though? So I I made this version this time with the flour that I had already. The all-purpose flour, which is what is called for in the recipe. And you dip the chicken in the flour and then you have another mixture that has eggs that you've kind of scrambled up and then you put some parsley and some salt and some pepper and you dip the chicken in that after you put it in you first do it in the flour and then dip it in the egg mixture and then put it in the pan and fry it up and then there's a whole process of making a lemon sauce after that and that was delicious i have to say the the trick of slicing chicken the long way you know like the um, what is it like the horizontal way you know you go the long way with it and then now you've got basically two pieces that are pretty big and covering that in saran wrap and then pounding that out so that you you get it nice and flat man that's that's a game changer i gotta say so that's another thing i've been working on this week getting that done balancing on pads and distributing tap books to people (laughs) As they arrive at my house, also, I have to give a plug. Dormisha is at Fall for Dance program Two. It's coming up on Monday this monday, october twenty sixth, the same day that I'm getting my brain scanned in the morning, then I'm gonna go home that night and at seven thirty p m Eastern time. so i'm I'm in the central zone, so i'm I'm talking six thirty over here, but I'm gonna be watching Fall for Dance, program Two. Dormisha Sumbry Edwards tearing it up, and I don't I don't even know what exactly is on the program as far as what she's gonna do, but I'm excited to see whatever it might be. Digital access is $15 per program, and both programs one and two will be available on demand through Sunday, November first. So if you missed program one, you can still get to it. It's at nycitycenter.org. NewYorkCityCenter.org, but you just use the NY. You know, just abbreviate it. Save save the extra thumb work. City Center was one of the best stages I've ever performed on. There was there was a time we were part of the Fall for Dance Festival. It was two thousand and seven, I believe, that we did Fall for Dance, and the crew there, the stage crew at the new york theater they were all like full-on union stage crew and they were so good to work with i have to say like the everyone knew exactly what to be doing we we also had our our live band with us at the time so we there was a place where we got all our gear backlined from we had to order like a drum kit and all those kinds of things because all of our our entire um, group at the time flew and all of our instruments were brought to us at the theater and it was already ready to go. And it was such a smooth way to set that up. And it was such a beautiful audience. And it's also where I met my girlfriend who I'm still with right now, Alejandra. That's that. that's where I met her. So, and Michelle Dorrance was there that night too. I remember seeing her after the show and you know, there's, there's so many wonderful people in this world doing stuff and I'm, I'm glad to be one of them. I'm glad to still be here and fortunate to be healing and getting back to a place where I'm gonna be able to get the groove going again. And I, I, I made a video and I posted it on my Facebook page this week. Just I, I walked outside to take the recycling out and decided to put on my dance go shoes. Which, you know, people use them in kitchens and things. They've got kind of a hard bottom on them. And I used those as I walked outside and brought the recycling out, and then I came back in and The hardwood floor in my entryway just sounded so good when I walked back in the house. I was like, oh, and I just started kind of moving my feet around. I'm like, I'm just going to record this. And I put the camera down and did it. That's how you do it. You just make a random little video and I put that out there. So I don't know. I just had to show you all that. uh, It's still there. It's still ticking. We're going to get this going again. All right. Don't you worry. But you've got some great stuff to watch this week. I'm I'm excited to see this on Monday. I'm going to be balancing on my pad every day, keeping the PT going. I saw recently somebody was asking on an online group. I don't remember which Facebook group it was, but they were asking about who, who taps to unconventional music like punk, rap, rock, ballads, etc. was their question. And that got me thinking. I mean, they're there are a lot of different styles of music that one can decide to tap dance to, Because when we think of tap dancing as an instrument, you can play an instrument to, you know, you can play any sort of genre of music on an instrument. Like you could take a violin and play a pop song, or you could play a sort of reggae song on a violin, or you could play a sort of swing song or some like django reinhardt whatever like the violin has options just like a tap shoe has options you have the ability to tap dance to swing music which is you know where it came from to some extent i mean there was like all the greats they were dancing to swing music it was big band music and before that people were creating music that had a swing to it that's that's a thing and it's got a feel and sometimes people call it syncopation. Even if you decide not to always tap dance to jazz music or music that swings, I do believe, though, it is important to have some sort of foundation in that style because it gets you to move your body in a certain way and it gets you to sit into a groove in a certain way. And you want to, I, I would like, if you want to have a well rounded tap dance education. I feel like you need to know how to swing and you need to know how to sit into that type of groove as well, which is where tap dancing came from originally. So as as a if for no other reason to show respect and to honor the origins of this art form, you need to be able to sit into like swing grooves and improvise in that direction as well you should also be able to tap dance in other situations too where you have different styles of music and be able to also sit into that kind of feel you have to be able to sit into the groove of whatever song it is is my point whatever kind of song it is if it's swinging or it's not swinging like there's a lot of salsa music that doesn't swing but it's still great music that makes you want to dance you have to be able to sit into what that beat is doing rather than swinging it if that song doesn't swing you know what I mean? So I think it comes down to uh, finding a song that inspires you and makes you want to groove. And then sitting into the groove of that song and creating your choreography or your improvisation, being inspired and allowing that to kind of guide you. And that's that's kind of where I was at with that one. And then, okay, so after after the sort of swing era started to fade out rock and roll music started coming in like in the 1950s you had like rock around the clock one two three o'clock four o'clock rock you know all that stuff started coming in and then music stopped swinging so much although it still is present in rock music and things like that but it it didn't have as much of an emphasis on swinging anymore for a while and the other thing was that it became very loud guitars were cranked up really loud now And big speakers or like walls of speakers. Like how are you going to hear a tap dancer in front of that kind of level when at the time they didn't necessarily have proper ways to mic these things either. Now we're at a time where we do have a lot more access to sound equipment and solutions to be able to provide a show that has both loud music and the ability to hear the tap dancers and their feet and what they're doing. That is a possibility. It costs a little bit of dough. You still got to put something into it and you have to have a good designer that knows what they're doing. And you know, you got to do some trial and error too during your rehearsal process and figure out what's going to work the best. Like, do you want to mic the floor with either like, sensors like you would mic on an acoustic guitar like um, pickups you might use you might use a a martin pickup on your acoustic guitar or a Barkus berry pickup on your cello something like that is a thing that you put on a string instrument and it's very sensitive and then it's has a it converts it into a signal that you can then plug into your sound it's like a little microphone but it's it works a little differently than a microphone but it picks up the vibration of what the instrument is doing. So if you have that embedded in the floor, like Savion Glover likes to do that. He likes to have his Barkus Berry pickups on the floor and anywhere he steps on the floor from the vibration of the floor, that's what's transmitting into the sound system. Whereas sometimes people will have microphones like the do it right mics, where you have a a mic pack and then it kind of splits as a sort of Y cable down each leg. And it's, it's like if you think about earbuds and you put one earbud on your left shoe and one earbud on your right shoe, run the cables up your legs and then put a pair of pants over those or whatever, you know, you figure it out. And then you plug that into, instead of plugging it into your phone, you plug it into a, a mic pack, which then transmits the signal back to the audio board. And then they're able to, you know, do a lot of things with it. They could put reverb on it. They could put an EQ on it. Like there are different sound manipulations that you can do then at that point, which is a fun thing to think about. Which you could also do if you had the pickups embedded into your floor or if you even put floor mics. Like sometimes people will use the Crown PCC 160 mics, those flat boundary mics that can go across the front of a stage and they have a 160 degree pickup pattern. So if you think of 180 as like completely flat, like 160 brings it back a little bit, but you you think of that width, and if you put that right on the downstage edge of the stage and it's aiming toward the stage, then you're going to get a pretty wide pickup space. And then you can put a few of those mics, distribute them across the front of the stage, and you're going to pick up the entire downstage edge. Then you can also put them around the perimeter of your tap floor, you know, whatever, like you can rent these mics very easily. Some of them too. You don't have to like necessarily go out and buy them. If you have one performance or something like that, you don't have to have that same kind of investment. You can rent them as well. And it, it also works out quite well. But the point was because music got louder, there was a time where tap dancing was known to have dropped off a little bit. And people were like, oh, tap dancing, it's a dying art form or whatever you want to call it. Like it's in my eyes, it's never been a dying art form, but I've never been seeing it from that angle. So I'm thankful for that to some extent. But I do realize it's a thing that happened at one point from the 50s all the way into like the 70s. And then it started to kind of come back a little bit. And here we are. We're all still grooving. All right, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful to, for the people that allowed that to continue and passed on the stories. And I'm still in the middle of the book Jazz Dance right now. I've been reading that a little bit every night. It's been a part of my daily routine where I'm going to be reading every time. And it's Marshall and Gene Stearns wrote this one. And it has a foreword and an afterward by Brenda Buffalino. So Brenda Buffalino is bookending the book itself. All right. That's what's going on there. And I'm excited to get to that point. And in the afterward, because I, I read the foreword, it was good. Also Brenda Buffalino's autobiography was pretty great too. So I'm excited to dig further into that one. Something that I also noticed that was on this thread as they were talking about tap dancing to different styles of music is They, the thought of rap music being brought up as something to tap dance along with. And I feel like when I am am improvising, that is the voice that I feel like I am speaking from. If I were a rapper, that's, that's what, but instead I send it down to my feet and that's what's coming through as I'm tap dancing and improvising a, a thing. That's, it's as though I'm rapping instead. And that's how I phrase it. Sometimes I'll even rap out lyrics with my feet. But that is that is a place that I like to tap dance from. Here's the thing. If you have a song playing and there's a rapper already rapping, now that is a lead vocal. And it's not often that you have a second lead vocalist at the same time doing something else. So when you have musical choices like that something to consider is perhaps you tap dance to rap songs that don't have the lyrics on it anymore it's like an instrumental version and your feet are doing the 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 rapping rather than having a vocalist on the track which you can get for your favorite rap song out there right now you could probably get the the backing track of it or the karaoke track of it and take that and use it here's the other cool thing about that if you're teaching with that you don't have any issues with lyrics there's there's no sort of swear words at all because you're just using the beat from the song so that's that's a thought some people seem to mention that they really like to tap to rap music and i i dig it too like there's a lot of really good beats and it's it's inspiring you to want to dance and that totally makes sense. Here's how you get around the lyric problem because that was another thing that was mentioned that I saw was like how do you remove lyrics from a song? Well, you just get the karaoke version and sometimes you can search for the instrumental version of a song too where it's the it's still the official version of the song but it's an instrumental one that might have been on the single. Sometimes on the maxi single you got the original version of the song and then the instrumental and then the version that's only the, it's like the acapella version that only has the vocals, but there's no beat on it. You got that version and then you get the club mix and then, then you got the reggaeton remix, all that, you know, whatever it is. But if you can find the versions of songs that don't have the lyricists delivering their lyrics at the time, your feet then become that your feet are telling the story. And that's, that's the way I've seen it for a long time. And I think some of the favorite tap dancers that I've been able to watch do something like that as well. They're telling us a story through their rhythm and their movement and how they articulate what their sounds are doing. Like it's, it's, it's a language that's being spoken have a little respect, you know, get it going. (laughs) I'd like to wish Ms. Kathy Wind a happy birthday. She had her birthday this week and she's, she's been a, a big supporter of the podcast for quite some time. And I really appreciate her. And I wanted to give her a shout out, Kathy Wind with keen sense of rhythm. I'd also like to thank my brother, Andy. He sent me some music from, he was up at their cabin and he recorded himself up there wailing out on the guitar and then he was tap dancing and so i'm I'm gonna post i I was gonna take some of the videos that he sent me and cut those into a video and some of the audio that you heard on this podcast though is some of the stuff that he sent me from the cabin this this past week so there you go i'd like to thank my brother andy for sending me some music to play And I'd also like to thank Matt and Carrie over at the Dancing Fair. Check out dancingfair.com if you're looking for tap shoes, if you're looking for jazz shoes or ballet shoes, or if you want to buy your first custom pair of tap shoes where you get to choose what colors are on them and the sort of look of the shoe in a customized version that fits your exact style of of what you're looking to do. Sometimes you might have a special costume that you are doing for a soloist and then you get some custom shoes and it just really punctuates that outfit. Well that's that's when you want to give Matt and Carrie a call or send them a message from dancingfair.com and they'll take care of you. They'll they'll figure it all out with you. And it will be quite a pair of shoes that you end up with. I'll tell you what. If you haven't already, please go over to Facebook or Instagram. Follow. Have tap shoes will travel. We're we're all over the place. We're on YouTube. We're on we're on all the spots. We're on we're on the TikTok. All right, the TikTok has have tap shoes will travel as well. I haven't posted any videos on there in a while though, so I, I have to get on that. All right, but go over there if you haven't already followed their the pages. We got, we've got more stuff coming up. All right, I hope you're excited, man. I really can't wait until we can get to a place where we can bring people together into a theater, have like you know 500 people in one spot at the same time, and enjoying a show again. I do. I really miss that. I I miss the live performance aspect. At this, and you know, even like teaching classes too, where you got everyone in the room together and it's there's no video involved i i look forward to getting to some of these places once again it's it's quite a process to figure all this stuff out i'm glad i'm not the person who has to figure all this out but i do want to contribute to making it all work and i know there's a lot of people being affected by all of this and we're gonna get through it though just know that we're we're gonna get through it. We're gonna we're gonna make it all work, and we're gonna learn some things along the way that will hopefully improve our games. I mean, we all know how to use Zoom pretty well now, right? We're learning some new techniques over here. All right, we're figuring it out as we go along, but that's that's part of the game. That's what improvisation is all about. I'd like to thank you for listening this week. We've got another one of these coming up next week. I am so excited that you are here and thankful that you're here. I'm thankful to be here myself and grateful that I'm healing and coming back together and looking forward to connecting with you all soon. If you want to send me an email, if you have a message that you got to tell me, here's what you do. Type in Rick at HaveTapShoesWillTravel.com and it'll get right to me. And if you want to check out the website, it's at habtapshoeswilltravel.com as well. Boom! You got all of them. You've got all the links. Well, what are you still listening to this for? Go check out some of these links and get it going. Remember, City Center Fall for Dance is happening on Monday, this Monday. Go check that out too. You're going to you, you don't want to miss Dormisha's set. I'm telling you. You're going to want to go check that out. So make sure you do it. All right, thank you once again. We'll we'll talk to you all really soon. Bye-bye. shoes will travel the podcast hosted by rick osland is available on spotify stitcher google podcast pocketcast and anchor.fm connect with us today on facebook instagram and twitter let's go